0: That's still kind of the thesis of Wait But Why. That's kind of the thesis of my life, if I had to have one, um, is this aim towards being more conscious, more of the time.
1: Welcome to
2: Writer's Who Gone Rack. It's rat. all about the diaphragm. It's all about
1: the diaphragm. Any minute now, Jeff is going to jump in and tell you why we're here.
2: You look like a fucking seagull right now.
1: Yeah, you know what? You got to do it. Sometimes you the <laughs>
2: We did a two-part episode with Tim Urban of Wait But Why. This is the second one. If you have not yet heard the first one, please go to our SoundCloud page or wwwpodcast.com and take a listen. In this episode, Tim's going to get into a lot of the content that he has created for Wait But Why. In the previous episode, Tim talked to us about why he created the website. All right, let's get into it. And uh, last week, we ended... Uh, just when we were about to get into the discussion of when you went to North Korea, uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was kind of like right after they opened it to tourism?
0: Um, I, I don't think it was right after. I'm not sure when they did, but I think it had been going on for a few years.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, tell us all about that. Uh, so you're in this random position where you're there, and it's probably very exciting and terrifying, and you're super nervous because you have all this stuff going on with the millennial piece back on the block.
1: But he doesn't know about the millennial piece. He hasn't heard no, anything you, you, about. No, you knew it was starting.
0: To... I, 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 it was, it was, um, pretty viral, and I I knew it was the biggest. It was going to be the biggest post on okay. the site, or, or 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 tied for the biggest with the first post. But I it ended up, ended up being ten times bigger than the first, and I, wow. that I had no idea. Well, you know, what so.
2: was the first post?
0: Uh, seven ways to be insufferable on Facebook. Oh yeah, I read that one. <laughs> that 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 one was um a get attention first post. We're anonymous. Pay attention to us. Post. Um, that, uh, that, did, that did its purpose. It got enough people there that the Gen Y post had a springboard to a larger audience. I think that was important. Actually, I think it was good to have something going before that post.
2: I guess that's a good question. How
0: did you get that initial audience? Did you seed it with friends or something? Um, so I I, I, wrote, I went to Easter Island, of all places, for a month to write. Uh, a few months before I started Y because I just said I want to go and and write. Um, so I went there and I wrote like four or five posts, including the Facebook post. And I came out of that saying, "Okay, the Facebook one's the winner here as the what should be the first post because that's uh, it's definitely something that can go viral and um, it uses stick drawings and it kind of it sums up a lot of you know the kind of deeper th- deeper kind of look into normal things that I want to be doing here. So um, that went on first, and um, I. Yeah, I, I like invited Facebook friends, but now Facebook makes it very hard to even invite your friends with so 32 people. I remember – no, not even. It were like 18 people of my friends actually ended up liking it. So the the, the wait, but why Facebook page had like 20 people, um, and I started just posting the – I posted that first post in my newsfeed, um, But I think – but, you know, Facebook is powerful because then my friends would share it, and then some people who don't know me would see it, and they would start sharing it, and it can actually – you know, you can go viral starting with your own personal profile on Facebook – you, that if you do something good there, it it your your you know your post personal profile might seem like a little you know a little island in the middle of nowhere, but it's actually right next to this huge metropolis. And mm-hmm. if you do something good there, the metropolis notices it suddenly can explode over there on the metropolis. It's just it's a it's a special place, Facebook. Um, so it didn't I wouldn't say exploded like Gen Y, but it did damn well. I mean, my old blog I would get fifteen hundred uniques a month, you know, a thousand to two thousand somewhere in there. Um. This one got five hundred thousand on the first month. Wait, but why? Wow! And it was because of that post, um, and then the Gen Y post was again, you know, way way more than that. Uh, again, this was you know this was that first post we thought was going to be the most viral post in the site ever. We didn't you know even think something would would ever. So we were shocked a couple times at the beginning.
1: So how are we getting <laughs> to North Korea from this viral Facebook post? Yeah. Because you started out in Easter Island, you went, you wrote a, a bunch of posts that you thought were going to be good, you decided on the Facebook one. So how did you get from that Facebook post to being in North Korea, I wanted this to, Gen Y I post wanted to,
0: Well, so the, the posts were bouncing around in topic, and I wanted to go to North Korea at some point. That was something I wanted to do years earlier, just because I found out you could. I couldn't believe you could. They, had, they have, like, you know, Kim Jong-il decided he wanted to have a tourist program, and, if, you know, of course, they bring you in and show you everything they want you to see, which is hilarious, and um and it just sounded so interesting now you're also supporting like an, a horrible oppressive government but you know you know what, what can you do so <laughs> uh it was worth it i was like i need to go see this so um uh so i was always on my list and then when i started wait but why i was like okay this is perfect i'll go and i'll write about it you know this is such a, such an interesting topic anyway so i planned the trip you know uh it was actually before i started wait but why. i planned the trip you know eight months or you know earlier so then you know i started it and that was you know th- you know three months in that was that was on the calendar um so and then it happens to be that the post i wrote right before going is the one that blew up but um but that was good because then then the north korea post suddenly had a big audience for the first time you know i wasn't supposed i didn't think it was going to um, i was hoping that that would be the one that would bring in the, the big audience um, and yeah so that was a crazy thing you basically go to beijing at least, at least with the, the thing i did you go to Beijing, you get picked up in Beijing by the tour group. And, um, you know, there's a handful of these tour groups that uh, they work closely with the North Korean government. Um, so the government trusts them. And they're from, you know, they're sometimes they're British or, you know, from New Zealand or Australian a lot of the time. And so you, you, have a, you end up going into the country with a group of kind of normal backpacker people, but people of all ages. Um, and, you know, I don't know, a group of 30 or something. And the you have a guide who's like, a you know, again, like a, a British guide or whatever, who's who's someone who you can ask the real questions and he can say, you know, don't don't do that. Do this. He's the person that, you, you know, says here he, he knows all the do's and don'ts. You also, once you get there, you have North Korean guides and those people are your like your quote guides. You don't actually ask them Questions that could possibly be offensive. You don't ask them like what we can and can't do because they're they're inside the matrix. And if you ask them something wrong, they could get very angry and you could be in huge trouble. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the, the 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 guide that comes in with you is the real guide for you. Um, even though you're learning all that, your, your your tour guides are always North Korean, mm-hmm. and those are sanctioned by the government. They work for the government. They're the biggest you know Kool Aid drinkers of the, the 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 royal family or not the the, the supreme leader family. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, you, you, you get in a plane, you go in, and suddenly, you know, you get off, and I'm like, I'm, you know, we're in North Korea. And, uh, yeah, and then you just – it was five days, four nights, um, or maybe six days, five nights. And uh, and you're just – you know, everything is insane. You're just going – you know, you're going um, to all these things that are – they're trying to show you how great it is and how nice it is and how happy everyone is. But, of course, like, you know what's, that's not true. Um, I mean, it's a lot like the movie that Seth Rogen and James Franco did. Um, which
1: I didn't see, but – Oh, you didn't see? The uh, interview.
2: Well, I, you know, I I I think that the best thing that anybody can do to kind of experience this cuz it is really kind of a an amazing post is to read it. Um, and we'll put that in the show notes. But, you know, North Korea is not the only travel that you did in for wait, but why? Um, you you went to Russia, Japan, Nigeria, uh, uh Iraq and Greenland. Yes. Um, which was the most popular post?
0: Iraq because I that was more than just a travel post, I also like ended up telling the whole history of Iraq basically and the whole history of Islam even mm-hmm. uh, because I was trying to say this. Right, it was in the heat of – I mean it still is in the heat, but it was really in the beginning when ISIS was this new thing. Yeah. And they, were, they had invaded Iraq and it was like all over the news. And I said, you know, I can't write this post about like what the falafel tastes like there without <laughs> talking about this like huge elephant in the room. That's the biggest like news story in the world right now. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to run with it and let me do a ton of research. And basically say, you know, why is this happening? And to answer that question, you have to go back to Muhammad. Uh, you have to go back to World War One when the British and French, you know, kind of carve up the Ottoman Empire. You have to go to Saddam and and other leaders there. You have to go to the Bush administration. Um And most recently, if you go to the the, uh, Syrian civil war, so um, uh, and Al Qaeda's evolved. So it's 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 all this stuff. It's it's this it's it's this perfect storm. Another bad a bad perfect storm. and uh, so I told that story. So that post did really, really well, uh, and the other ones did, did, did well. They're fine, like you know. But it, th- those were very intentionally not, you know, not written to be viral. They're yeah. written for people who are really interested in those countries, um, and who want to learn about those particular countries. Uh, it was like Russia was mostly Siberia, yeah. so people are interested in Siberia or Japan, Tokyo, and then went straight from there to. Uh, Lagos Nigeria which could not possibly be more different than Tokyo it possibly and then I went from there straight to Iraq and then straight there from from there to Greenland um mm-hmm. uh, where you know I was in spent a few days in a uh, f- uh, a, a city of 45 people um, that was isolated from anything else by like a three-hour boat ride um it was just Crazy. I mean, it's way up near the North Pole, and there's people living there. There's a school with two students, <laughs> two eighth grade girls who better like each other, and uh, <laughs> and there's icebergs everywhere. And uh, I mean, they, they they hunt whales, and was really interesting. So anyway, for for me, you know, I always try to write the blog for a bunch of me's. I picture like a stadium full of ex- replicas, and I'm like, what do I want to tell all those people? You know, if they're if they're all doing a different job. And I have the time to go like explain something to them or like do a diagram or something I'm, like what would I want if I'm one of the people in the stands, and then I just do posts that based on that. And so in this case, I was like, you know, it's it's again, I, I was over the the blog now had done what I wanted it to at the beginning, which is get an audience. I wasn't going to try to take over the world with it. I wasn't trying to no. This now now needs to become a mass appeal. It's it's ne- it's, it's never it's never gonna go for mass mass appeal. Um, it's going for a specific appeal of the specific kind of person. And I feel like you know the the first year really helped me get that audience, and now I said I'm going to just do good things for that audience, and they'll share it with their friends. So they'll the exact kind of people I want to reach that don't know about it. They'll do that if I just do good things. So I'm just writing for them now, which is again a bunch of me's as far as I'm concerned. So for me, I said I would love if someone would tell me about what's going on in Greenland, and I would love to hear about Nigeria. I don't know. I really don't know that much about what's going actually, what life is like there or in Siberia. What the hell is going on there? So that's why I did that. Plus, it just sounded fun to travel to those places.
2: Yeah. and it, I mean, it, it works. Like, I didn't know that I wanted to know anything about any of those places, but I read every one of those posts twice. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess uh, a few random questions is, you know, you seem like you're very well traveled. Uh, I think in one of the posts, you said that uh, maybe Iraq was your 14th Muslim speaking country. hmm uh not muslim speaking i'm sorry um muslim country yeah um and uh so i mean like where have you not gotten that you really want to
0: well so um i've been i've i'd counted at some point and i forget it somewhere in the 50s for how many countries and then um and then a m- even more fun brag for me is that i've been to all 50 states but like i've had like an overnight actual experience in every state uh except i'm i'm, at, I'm at 28 i've been counting 28 yeah so i partially it's just, kept... just Except I was like, well, Arkansas I've I've been to, but that was the only one where I was like, eh. I, like, kind of drove through it <laughs> for an hour.
1: I don't need a night here.
0: Yeah. That, well, I just that, – that was way at the beginning. And I, yeah. if I'd known, and now I had known – when I started to realize the game I was playing, I suddenly – every state if I was – because they're all road trips. If you want to see the country, you have to do road trips. Yeah. So they are all – I've done, like, five cross-country road trips. And each one I would do a different route to hit states I hadn't been. And I would actually stop and walk around and, you know, go to flea markets and go to diners and, um, you know, and just – just, like, walk around little towns. Um, and uh, so I need to go do that in Arkansas, and then I'll feel like I have had legit, you know, authentic experiences uh, in every state. So, anyway. Um, but, but a lot of the places I haven't been are the more obvious places because I get so excited by, like, the places I know nothing about. So places like Greenland or I went to, like, a tripped on to the stands like uh Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, you know, Western China, because what the hell's going on in the west of China? <laughs> um, you know, and so I do a lot of that. that that was the basis for a lot of the trips. But then there's places like India that I'm dying to go to that is a much more, you know, typical travel destination that I'd never been to. Um so um you, you should do
2: that because uh you know your religion posts really kind of resemble a lot of uh
0: the culture that I think goes on in India. Yeah, I, for many, many reasons. But India is, I'm being a perfectionist about it, or I want to go for like a month at yeah. least, when, you, when the real thing is it's stupid to treat India like one country. It's like because, because imperialism divided... Africa into 50 countries, I think of it as 50 places to visit. But they didn't happen to do that in India. So I think of it as one place to visit. That's stupid. If India – if someone could have easily divided India into – like Bangladesh could have just been part of India and we would now think of it as a a region of India. But because it's its own thing, oh, I want to visit Bangladesh and India. Mm -hmm. So if someone just drew a bunch of lines around India, I would think, oh, there's 20 new countries I have to visit. I want to go to this one. And then I wouldn't be daunted. I would just go to that one for – I just – you know, I would go to that one for two weeks and it would be this great thing. So I need to it's this weird psychology with countries, but yeah.
2: So uh, what did you learn? Like I mean that's a loaded question because I'm sure you learned a lot of things, but this particular trip where you went to these five different countries. Yeah. Um I know that you 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 asked, you know, a dozen people in every country um what, what was it what they want in life?
0: Yeah, so I I I was doing I was doing a few th- like themes throughout. One of them was um, I was looking for Things that were in common to all five countries. So, I, you know, when I when I went from uh, from Siberia to Japan, I said, okay. Every time I saw something that was in both, I would write it down. And then uh, as I went to the next country, anytime time I saw one of those things, if, if I didn't see one of those, it got crossed off because it had to be in all the countries. So by the end, the things that were in every country were um, graffiti is everywhere in the world. <laughs> I mean, every country. And it looks the same. I don't know what this graffiti culture is, but it's just –
2: there's a HBO show Rome, and there's just like dicks graffitied all over everything. Yeah, and you know the whole point is that you know even in the Roman era they had that. So yeah,
0: yeah, it, it the is universal just, language. I mean, it's all over the place, and I, I don't get it anywhere. I'm like, what, what are you doing when you're doing this exactly? Is it is it, is it art? Because it's like weird, like zany art with like it's like bizarre like font. Anyway,
1: everything looks like comic sans. Yeah. yeah it looks like zany
0: comic sans like it's just kind of like bubble comic sans yeah it's very it's very i don't it's something i don't understand i could do some post on some time and learn all about it but um another one was uh soccer uh everywhere uh the, the place you're probably least likely to see it on this side of the road is u.s although everyone young plays soccer so um it's just everywhere um and you know just you know some field with a bunch of people running around uh with kind of you know the goals they made out of something and um, and then uh, Eminem, I saw Eminem CDs or music playing, or you know his face on a poster in every one of the five countries. Are you serious? Oh yeah. really Yes, Eminem. he's a famous man.
2: Wow. He is
1: not the one I would have guessed.
2: Why? Well, I, I mean, he is brilliant though.
0: His music it touches my soul. I um, think he's fantastic. I just would not have. I guessed didn't realize that. You, you would how, find him everywhere. Yeah, it's always, you, you know, you, you realize how famous someone is when you're in a really different place and everything's foreign and then you see their face. You're like, whoa, you are huge. Is here. it
2: translated into other languages?
0: That, I don't, not, I didn't hear it. I, I heard it just his normal songs or a CD lying on the ground somewhere. I'm like, huh, there you are again um
2: it's so interesting especially with, especially with rap music yeah because you know
0: how do they like take away all the nuances that are in there he yeah I, di- I didn't I knew he was huge but I didn't realize he was so much bigger than you know all the other music stars now maybe there's some I just didn't happen to see everywhere but you know he, he that was a very obvious thing
2: so okay so you, we're now at a point where you've been doing this blog for about a year you've traveled all over and you've written about that and uh speaking of do you what, what's your home life like um you know since you're traveling so much yeah. Does that affect it? Yeah. I mean... Girlfriends, um, wives?
0: Yeah. So I, I uh, have a girlfriend who uh, I've had since uh, 2011. Um, so she was there two years before Weibo, I started, um, and heard all of my inner angst about wanting to do something creative. So she knows the whole thing was a huge part of, like, inspiring me to get it started and, like, you know... I also just, like, run everything off her. So, I'm, the name of the site, for example. Like, she basically picked the name. I mean, I picked all these names, and I had all these choices, and she was just like, no, no, no. Yeah, that one's okay. I like that one. And so, I just, like, you know, it's, it's it can be a mind fuck if you're so in it. So, hearing another opinion, someone who you respect, very useful. So, um, she's been a big part of it. She, uh, you know, ha- have, she's very busy herself right now. So, that helps. But, yeah, it's 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 hard uh, traveling a ton when, you know, you have a, you're you in a relationship. But, um but, you know, she's been a great sport because she knows the whole story. She gets that this is, you know, what I wanted before and now it's happening yeah. and I'm happy about that. So she never pressures me to to, to slow down or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I think she hopes that I can get to a point at some point where I can have like, you know, I can write on a normal schedule and have like balance because, I mean, I hope that for myself um, when I if I have children, I'm certainly not going to want to be uh, writing between, you know, you know, uh, start writing something at two p.m. and finish at three a.m. Uh, and like, oh, dad's in his office again all night. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it's also um,
2: sometimes scary. I mean, you were in this refugee camp five days before ISIS took it over.
0: Yeah, I don't think she cares about it that so much. I just think she's just like, ah, eh, he'll be fine. Like, she, <laughs> she just like trusts that I know what I'm doing somehow. It's like that's one thing she's not uh, worried about necessarily. But um, that's good. Yeah, I think she's kind of like eh, whatever he'll, yeah. he'll figure it out. Just, uh, but um, that is a level of
1: trust. Yeah. So um, yeah,
2: I mean, so okay, you're you're in the middle of you know this blog that is taking you on you know these crazy adventures, and and you've you know succeeded in creating an audience and building this buzz around it, and who got in touch with you?
0: Um, oh, Elon. Yeah. 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 So I I, I started writing about um. I wrote a big post on artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. which was um, a topic I was intrigued by. Kept hearing about it, didn't know much about it. And again, I'm running for all the Tims out there. I'm like, all those Tims, they're intrigued by it. They're hearing a lot about it, and they don't know much about it. Like that's I I don't you need to you know that if that's how you are, that's how the other Tims are by definition. So I said this is a good post to write. Um, So I, uh, you know, dove in hard. Spent five weeks writing a twenty-five thousand word two-part post. You uh, read three books. You know, I started reading. I said, I need to really know and learn about this if I'm going to be able to write this post. Um, and uh, yeah, the post comes out. It, you know, does really well. It was one of those you know more successful posts. And um, uh, a few days later, yeah, uh, Elon tweeted. the uh, – This is Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted the post, which was um, super exciting at the time. <laughs> He's a you know. He, he, Huge hero of mine. I'm Ann Andrews. How much traffic did that get you? Um, I mean, he did it on Twitter. Twitter never brings that much traffic. It definitely helped. I mean, the moment he did it, there were 1,000 people on the site, more than there were a second earlier from his tweet. And then that trickles down over the next, like, two weeks from 1,000 to zero. It takes, like, it's like a gradual thing like even 10 days later you can see there will be you know 15 people on from that tweet and then two and then one and even once in a while now like someone's scrolling down his page and they end up on it from the site but so it wasn't about traffic as much as it was just um uh well it's also it's high quality traffic what i mean by that is people who are coming they're not coming to say oh there's some article i'll read it they're saying who is this you know, what is this blog that Elon Musk tweeted? So because of that, there, these are, you know, his, anyone who's following him on Twitter is a fanboy of his. So you have all these fanboys of his, and you basically get like the fanboyness transfers because, or it, it carries over because they're like, well, if he likes it, then they're looking for the best in it. They're going to subscribe because this is Elon said to do it. So it's high quality. And I think we got a lot of, a lot of new readers from Elon, um, even if the traffic wasn't so, such, so noticeable at first, um. But then he, then the second part comes out. That was the first part of the post. The second part comes out a couple weeks later. I was hoping he was going to read it and tweet it. He didn't. It was a shame. And then two weeks later, he did out of nowhere. Maybe he was traveling. <laughs> um, and then someone from SpaceX emailed me, who I didn't know, but they were like, you, he just sent the, your article to the whole company. Um, and I was just wow. like, it was, it was surreal. And then he tweeted another article I did in the Fermi Paradox a few weeks after that, which is why you know where the question is where you know where, why don't we see evidence of alien life anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like he, oh, and then he followed Wapo on Twitter, and he has he follows fifty people on Twitter. So this was like this was like a crazy month of like, holy shit, this dude reads the blog. <laughs> so then uh, his uh, one of you know one of his top employees you know reaches out and says, uh, emails and says, uh, Elon would like to uh, Elon you likes what you're doing, and he's he wants to know if you want to discuss some potential exciting writing projects going on at Tesla and SpaceX, and so obviously. I said, yes. And, and, and you know, I'm thinking that she's, you know, some some kind of, you know, you know, I don't know, PR person at those companies going to reach out and say like, oh, you know, she was like, okay, so, you know, you want to get on a call with him next week? i was like, what? Um, but yeah, so then I'm going to call with him next week and um, like so thinking, you know, uh, the phone rings. I pick up and it's Elon on the, fo- on the phone. So that was weird. It's all super weird and super exciting. Um, So I talked to him for like an hour. Again, he had so much time because he really, I, when I'm learning what I know now is that, you know, those are the two of the most incredible companies in the world. He's the most amazing CEO of both of them somehow. They're doing such amazing, ambitious things. They're so impressive, everything they're doing, but the world doesn't quite get it mostly. Uh, the world, and, and, even, and when they do get it, they don't get how big a deal it is. They, it's like they and so I think that he's frustrated. They have a blog on each of the sites that people aren't reading is enough. And I just think he's frustrated by he wants people not just to and it's not about the companies. You know, he really is focused on the world and he wants people to care about the things he cares about. He wants them to be educated on it so that they care. He thinks that it's it's a matter of education on it. They knew about the issues, they would care, and then they get behind them. So he he wanted me to write about the industries he was involved in. More than saying, write and tell people how great Tesla is, he was saying, you know, tell people why electric cars are important. Instead of talking about SpaceX, tell people why you know, multi-planetary life is important. But, but but he wasn't telling me to do anything. He basically called and said, you know, I thought maybe, you know, he said, I really like your AI post and some of the other things, and I like the way you get kind of deep, but it's accurate, and it's kind of fun to read, and I think that would be kind of interesting about some of my industries. And so uh, he was like, you know, he, he thought I would do it maybe on their site, but I really wanted to write it on way. but why? So I could really do whatever I wanted, and he was and he was just right away, he was like, yeah, okay, that's fine, yeah, that, that sounds good. <laughs> and then he was kind of letting me, he didn't really have, he wasn't like, here's the plan, he was just, and then I said, he was like, you know, and if you want to come interview me, you know, that that's possible. I was like, yeah, definitely. And I said, you know, it'd be great if I could come out and see the two. You know, suddenly, I'm like, I'm just trying to get stuff out of them. I'm like, he seems to be willing to kind of do stuff, so let me just see what I can and get,
2: to get be, here.
0: To be clear, he's not like paying or sponsor. no. I got, I didn't get a cent, not okay. once. I get flown out by by SpaceX. That was the one thing that you know. When I went to to interview him, they they paid for the ticket. That's the only did thing. You get,
2: did you get to drive a Tesla?
0: Uh, I got to test drive a Tesla. Nice. Some people are like, oh, did, you know, do, do, did you did they give you a thing? I'm like, they can give me a. Yeah. Anything, which is fine by the way. I think I could have asked for that, but I just I think it was better um, to not be paid for many many reasons. Oh, for sure, for Absolutely. credibility, for the fact that then they then I'm working for them. Then they can say don't do this, do this. We you put. I don't. They didn't have anything on me. They they you know we had a nice mutual respect and a mutual trust. And 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 basically the, what the arrangement ended up being is. I'm going to come out there and meet with sit, – sit down with him for a couple hours. I'm going to sit around with a bunch of the engineers in both factories, and they're going to – and some of them are not press-approved. You know, they, they don't have all the messaging exactly right. And they're going to tell me whatever the hell is on top of their minds with the implicit agreement. Didn't they didn't sign anything. They just trusted me. The agreement that, be, you know, that I would run the posts by at least someone there before they got published, not because they wanted me to say nicer things. It was really because I could be saying something that was not yet available to their competitors, to the world. It was information they were going to release later or that it was proprietary or something. Did they change anything? Very, very little. Each post had like, um, the the, not the, each post had a very, very small list of, you know, it was things like, you know, the internet (laughs) thing they're working on at SpaceX to have satellite internet you know satellite internet that they're you know they're, SpaceX is going to become like the biggest satellite company now on top of everything mm-hmm. else. Oh my god! And I, and I learned like the the bandwidth that they're going to be able to support. Really? And, the, and they put that in. They, they were like, don't say the exact bandwidth. That's not. We don't want people. To know. Okay. So like, it was little, tiny things like that. Or I said like maybe, you know, I said some of his thoughts, a few of his thoughts about other companies that most of that say stayed in but some of them they were like that particular one didn't come off I think the way but it was like really I mean it was it was almost no different 99% of the posts. did you record had, these conversations uh yeah <laughs> I recorded the conversations with Elon so that I could quote him exactly yeah. uh, the other people I quoted I, I did a few of them um and then again every quote that ended up in there of Elon's or anyone else's got run by them and not one quote from any one of those things got taken out so th- they were very hands off they kind of said yeah this is fine in every case and um uh, it was, ended up being really good working relationship. It was great.
2: Are you still in touch with any of them?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm like, pretty in touch with them, actually, more than I ever thought I would be. Like, I because because um, the posts ended up being six months of my life, four, yeah. four posts totaling 95,000 words. And
2: they were amazing.
0: Didn't, thank you. But I didn't expect them to be so extensive. But that involved me being on the phone with him, like, you know, seven or eight, nine different times for, you know, an hour each. And then later, they, they got in contact after the posts were done about... Uh, he was doing um, a talk at the, you know, Paris talks, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, they, they were like, "Do you want to work with the, work with us on on that slide deck?" So I worked with them on that. And um, did they pay you for that? No, no. Wow. It, 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 I, again, I could have asked for that. They, they kind of you know floated out there as an, and I kind of say, I, I I'd rather have this be something where it's like um, I can help out and. Um, maybe one day when I have a podcast, he'll come on the podcast. You know, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of things I can get that are – but you know, honestly, just – on in, in, in not just saying it, but, you know, the chance to just work with someone like that. And oh, he's – I mean, the, I and, would – And the access that I was yeah. able to have to him and other people, that is way more valuable to me than uh, some extra money in the way Y buy No, for
2: sure. I have a couple of degrees of separation from him, you know, five times over. Um, with like various books I've worked on in the past and stuff, and and my dream is just to like have a meal with the guy, and you know someday I'm hoping I can make it happen. But uh, did you read the Ashley Vance biography?
0: Yes, I actually got an advance copy because as I was writing his the original post, the first of the four posts, it was about to come out uh-huh. uh, like in a, a few weeks. Yeah, and so I asked Ashley, and he and he said, um, yeah, that's fine. Just uh, you know, he had a few guidelines, and um, and in return, I like made sure it was. You did know, did really you like the book? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was I thought it was um uh the best like bio about him that's out there. Because oh, I sure. I wasn't really writing a bio. Um I was writing a mini thing. But I think if someone wants to really get to know Elon the guy, uh not like not like analyzing him, but the, the his the story of his past and and what happened and, and what he went through in life, that that the, the bio is the thing to read.
2: Yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah. But um but he had a different approach. Um you know, he kind of, at least in the beginning, he kind of
0: hounded Elon until Elon let him write it. Well, because this was a project that served the author more than Elon. Elon doesn't didn't really want it to be done. Yeah. He thought, look, if I, it's better than someone, you know, people saying stuff out of context, at least I'll have a chance to stay my side of the story and all these things. But he didn't. He he even you know he mentioned to me at one point. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have like a. He just didn't. He didn't want me to write about him. He, the bio. It's not he. You know, maybe maybe in fifty years people can write the bios. He wants people to write about electric cars and climate change and going multiplanetary and reducing the, sp- the cost of space travel, that's his passion. And, and then all people want to talk about is him and, uh, you know, the legend around him. And, and I, I think, of course, I'm sure it's, you know, earlier in his career, he was excited about all the fame. Yeah, I mean, he's I Iron think, Man. Yeah, but I think now the last thing he wants is people to be focusing on Elon and Iron Man. He does. He's just so... It's just uh, not, not what he cares about. So I think the yeah. bio, he was kind of like grudgingly, for, but, but what I was doing was I was trying to, in the same way I did with AI, explain to the world the full story about why Tesla matters. That he was said gung-ho about me doing. And so that's the difference. Which is
2: super important. And, and I mean, I, again, you did a great job and uh, it's really accessible. And, um, on the business side of it, you did turn it into an ebook, which you're selling. I, I don't know the price, but have you made any money on that, or are people just taking the free
0: option? Yeah, no. So uh, the, there's two ebooks. One is the first year of Wait but Why, uh, and the other one is the Elon series. And the and and the only reason we did those is that a lot of people ask. They say, "I'd like to read this on my Kindle." And it's so long, we say "That's not so hard for us to do." And, yeah. And we basically charge money in order to make back the cost of using a company we use to create the ebook. Oh, you, you didn't do it yourself. No, 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 no! It's like a huge menial task to format the entire ebook, and yeah. it's not our expertise. And um, but um, but so we don't promote it. I mean, and when we do promote it, even in the beginning when we announce, we don't promote it as Raybearer has a book. Yeah, because Raybearer is gonna have a book, and we want people to think it's the first book because it will be the first real book. This is the Elon series in ebook format. You know, that's how we present it. So well, it,
2: it's so funny because uh, I mean, I I'm a. I love Mark Andreessen, and he has this thing that – uh, this tweet storm he went on a couple of years ago that, like, I just constantly keep going back to. And I should probably stop because it's been a while. But mm-hmm. um, he had, like, these eight different, like, uh, basically um, different w- revenue streams that publishers can make money on. And he was saying that, you know, in addition to writing and, chart- and like, getting advertising and doing subscriptions, you know, people can do events and they can, you know, create – other content on different platforms and sell it that way. And, um, you know, and and I, I, I'm just kind of curious because, you know, inadvertently or not, you guys are doing a lot of those things and I think it's really smart. Um, so, you know, we can get into a little bit of that soon, but it's so funny because, you know, it seems like with your, you know, as soon as you launched the Wait But Why blog, you know, you have kind of pushed back at least a little bit on some of the procrastination things that you were talking about. Um, earlier on in the last episode uh, but you also maybe partially because of that you, you actually you gave a TED talk recently and there was an associated piece on procrastination um, and I think the piece came first and then it was the TED talk but can you talk to, to us about how um, you know writing that piece and kind of acknowledging that that was an issue you were having might have changed your habits a little bit
0: yeah so um, this was also pretty early and this was like four months into the blog um, or maybe five, uh, that I decided to write about procrastination, um, which was uh, for me a very obvious topic because I understood it so well because I live in it. So, you know, I always want to write about things that either I feel like I really deeply understand or something that I can read enough about that I can, you know, write uh, in a way that is, you know, that's going to seem Really, really in depth. Uh, what I don't want to do is write about like the. Exp- I would never want to write about uh, the ex- like like parenting because I'm not in that. So even if I can, you know, read a bunch of books and get it, I don't, you know, if you don't, if you're not inside the psychology of it, you're not going to blow people's minds with like insight. You're not going to be able to do that. Like. You know, people who really are in it, they're gonna say, "Yeah, okay, that's some good points." But like, it's not—it's when you're in it, and then you can say it, and someone says, "Yes, that is exactly what it's like." So, for me, procrastination was an obvious one because that's one of my major problems. So I really—I'm not just—you know—not just have I lived it, but I've like worked on trying how to fix it, and how to—you know. So that's when you when you when struggling with it is when you really really know what it feels like, um, and so that was a perfect topic for me to do. Um, And yeah, it was a little therapeutic. And of course it was, you know, it was uh, a lot of irony as I procrastinated while during those posts, you know, while trying to do those posts. Um, But, um, but yeah, so I, I wrote those, uh, it it was supposed to be one post and then I had a lot more to say. That was back when I was scared to do a post over like 3000 words. Um, Now I'm, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I just let that go at some point. So, um, but uh, you know, I think today I just would have made it one big post. But I'm not, you know, I think actually the way it was is the the first post was about the problem, which I think was interesting for everyone because either you're in it, and you're like yes, or you, you're not in it, and you're like oh, okay, interesting. That's what my like idiot boyfriend or like my son or my you know you know the my friend is going through, or that's why they're the way they are. Um, and but then the second post was really for procrastinators, which is you know about okay, so how how can we beat this, and. I tried to walk through at least what I think the solution is, not claiming that I have conquered it. I'm saying this is where I think the solution lies, and this is what I'm trying to do. It was that. It was not me being an expert saying, you know, come gather around, children, and let me tell you about how to beat this. It was me saying, you know, okay, guys, like let's all try to figure this out, and here's here's what I think. That's what that was it. So, it was, yeah, it was um, it, that that post um, I, is one of the ones I feel best about because I'm just like you know that one. Um, I was I, I think I. Uh, was able to capture what a lot of people go through, and again, because of my own experience. Um, and, and I know that it resonated because I've gotten, uh, there's been, you know, 80 posts or so on Wait But Why, and this one accounts for almost half of the total emails I've gotten from people that are about the procrastination post.
2: So how did that blog post result in, in the TED Talk?
0: Um, so uh, the, the TED Talk happened way later after, you know, Elon happened. I, it was really while I was in the middle of, of doing the series on Elon, uh, Chris Anderson, who's the head of TED, you know, he's um, he, his foundation bought it, and he uh, is the curator, and he has been since like 2001, I think. Is this the Wired Chris Anderson? No, two different two different Chris Andersons. Okay. Um, um I got confused about that at one point too. I was like, oh, the Long Tail guy. I was like, no. no, no. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, so Chris Chris um, reached out and basically, um, or first he actually he he did a hugely do- uh, generous donation to Y. Wow, and I. Um, and so I saw that and I was like, oh, shit, This uh, that's Chris Anderson from TED. Uh, first, you know, first you see, you know, donation, you're excited and you just want to write back. But then I was like, oh, my God, this is great. So I wrote back and said, you know, also, you know, thanks for thanks for, for donating. Also, like, love, TED or whatever. And he wrote back and he, you know, said, yeah, I've been loving this stuff. I think it's great. Um, and we should talk. We should, you know, you should do a TED talk. And I'm like, okay, uh, stressful but awesome. Um, and so um, we went out to dinner and – Talked about a lot of the post topics. He's also interested in the Fermi paradox and artificial intelligence, and he's a huge Elon fan. He's interviewed Elon also, and so we had a lot of points in common. And uh, I think we have a similar sense of humor. And um, and and so then he said, you know, so so how do you feel about this? And I'm like, you know, and I actually said, what I my my first response was, maybe not because you know Ted was coming up in six months, and I'm I said, you know, maybe not this year. You know, I I want to be a better public speaker. I'm very new to this. I've done like a, a small handful of talks. And I don't think any of the talks I've done will even be the same topic. So I'd be starting from scratch. You know, I, I picture if I did a TED talk, it would be, a, oh, I'm going to pull out the old trusty talk I've done a 100 times. And I'm going to, like, do a little, you know, tweak here and there to, to make it work for TED. And then I'm going to do this thing I know so well. Uh and so I kind of said, you know, what, but but is this the year? Maybe it should be another year. And he kind of said, eh, no time like the present. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was like, no, you're right, you're and, right. And at this point, you did not know you were going to do a post on, or a talk on procrastination. No, no, I, I didn't know for a while after because we talked about what topics. And we talked about the Fermi paradox was actually the first idea. Huh. It was his his idea, and I was like, I like that. And then I started doing. I was I was doing more talks in general over the next few months, and I started doing a lot of talks about AI. And I would introduce that talk about uh, with um. Like an intro about the in, in general the accelerating rate of change of technology and how like the future is going to be outrageously crazy like it's going to be insane and um and how fast things are moving and why you know why that would be happening and um and all the different reasons and I was like that could be a really fun talk and then the Fermi paradox and then they started Ted started to be like hey dude <laughs> okay I know you're thinking over there but we like you know we, we we actually need to schedule the sessions and stuff so we need to know your topic soon so that put a deadline on me and I still couldn't decide so I sent Chris. The Fermi Paradox idea, the technology idea, and then I thought, okay, procrastination I thought about as um a natural one because I know a lot about it and it would be funny, which is always, you know, kind of fun if you can do a talk that's funny. And so that was the third moment. That wasn't even necessarily what I was leaning towards. And Chris wrote back and he said procrastination would be perfect for, you know, I think for your first talk, and I think um, it's. Uh, I think the other ones are really good too. But I think that it's been, those have been done in, in well in a few different ways. Well, I don't think procrastination has been done the way you'll do it at all, and Ted and I think so. I was like, good, done. Whenever you made the decision, you know better than I do. If you think it's a good idea, I'm sure it's a good idea. And so that that became the topic for for that reason, which and it felt like a little bit of a step backwards. I was so immersed now in this other stuff that those were the new topics for me procrastination was that thing i wrote about two years ago but as soon as i started thinking about it as a talk i uh i got reinvigorated with like you know the topic got exciting to me again
2: i I actually watched it i think four times now oh good (laughs) twice last night uh it's it's just shot by the time this airs it's probably going
1: to cross uh four million views um I don't think I've ever heard a clearer description of the way that I live my professional life. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's it's literally permeated through every aspect of my life and to hear it laid out so bare and with a fun uh you know panic monster. Yeah. That thing has never had a name for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it didn't there. for me either I mean, yeah. until I wrote the post. Um but yeah, once you, once you label something,
0: you're like, oh, that's such a thing. That's what it is. Yeah, labeling really is important. I think you know for these complex psychological phenomena in your head, to label them makes you self aware at least when they're happening, which allows you to realize what's happening at least, which is a step in the right direction.
1: And I've always yeah. just imagined it as a way to hedge. Like if it's you know if I wait and do it at the last minute and people criticize it, of course they criticize it because I of did course. it at the last minute. It. <laughs> self defeating prophecy. Uh, what are the comments that you're
2: getting on this? Because I know that. You know,
0: well, uh, definitely lots of lots of emails, um, lots of really positive, you know, good feedback on it, which is really great. After is, is
2: anyone a... negative to any of your posts, though?
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, procrastination is not one that I'm going to get much negativity from, just because people who don't feel it are like they're just, you know, sympathetic that you're going through this, and people who do, they totally resonate. It's not. It's that's a non-controversial post. Um, most posts are some, you know, the, every post. If you if you laid out all the posts on a on a spectrum of least to most controversial. Um, they really fall all the all throughout the spectrum. The Gen the Gen Y post, people were like, "Yeah,
2: oh, I mean, I know, was wonderful. lighting into me." Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I made a very, uh, I made a post on Facebook that I, I I've deleted
0: since. <laughs> it's okay. I so. it's, it's it's look. I mean, if 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 I'm if if no if no post is ever rubbing people the wrong way, I'm just not like, you know, being specific enough, or I'm not being. Uh, honest enough or something because, as I said, I'm running for all the Tims out there. There's a lot of people that are the anti-Tims or just people who totally disagree with Tim on that thing, and those people are going to be think it's totally rubbed the wrong way.
1: Well, for procrastination uh, specifically, you mentioned that you came up with an idea of how you might be able to deal with it. Are the emails dealing with people telling you whether or not that's working? Like, What have you learned since you well, made that post? so the
0: post itself – uh, is you know as I said, two part, and then eventually I wrote a third part, and it really dives into solutions and to how we can get out of this. So those people are writing just like spilling out with their own stories. You know, it's like clearly they've never been able to even articulate this or tell people, and they're just and or tell someone else and have them understand. They know I'll understand. So they're just you know, it's just a, it's a, it's like a therapy. It's a place to vent their own story and to articulate it to themselves, and um and sometimes asking a question about you know how I've done this or that, but the solutions are in the posts already. The TED Talk is just not time. You can't be too broad with a TED Talk. You have 14 minutes, and and what I learned by just doing drafts and rehearsals with the TED Talk for people is that if you try to do too much, it's just worse. You end up just brushing over a bunch of stuff, and you'd rather – so I said rather than try to do the problem and the solution and get into, like, the Eisenhower matrix, which is this other thing I bring into the third post, just focus on the problem, do it really well, and then, you know, give a hint to, like, the bigger picture at the end. And, yeah, that's not going to be satisfying for a lot of people who want a solution – but if you if I shoved the solution in it would have taken up the second half of the talk and the first half would have lost a lot and that would have been less fun for other people so you're, you're gonna lose people either way and I just had to make a decision there so what' I'm, I get a lot of emails about the TED or comments on it the one thing that would be you know you could construe as negative is just people saying but but what are the solutions here I don't see like you're great but now what and then you know I'm I've I, seeing other people comment and say read this post which is the second part because the people who know the site say no 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 he does talk about this just not in the, in the to talk, so but it's it's been largely positive. Again, it's in, talking about your own problem in general uh, is going to be non-controversial. It brings out people's empathy, yeah, or it brings out people who re- either people relate to it or they're empathetic. So if you're talking about your own, vul- if you're being vulnerable, you're not going to get criticized nearly as much as when you're criticizing something, or when you know when I'm going to North Korea, I'm being a little bit of an ass bag. By you know a uh, uh, you know American kid going to North Korea with all the suffering and writing a, a funny post that benefits him when it does vi- when it goes viral. Even if you can also make the argument that it's also really good to build awareness to you know help more people. So you can you, know, you can spin it well or badly. But the point is there's a clear. I can see why that post pissed some people off. And yeah. there's a lot of posts and I'm like yeah this definitely is going to make some people angry.
2: So you're at a point now where uh, you have a successful business out of this blog that you know. You wanted to make a business out of it, but you didn't know if you could. Uh, you know, you have, and I'm not positive on these numbers, but, you know, in the ballpark of 300,000 email subscribers, you're getting, you know, tens of millions of hits every year, if not more than that. Um, and you have a successful fundra- or the fundraising campaign on Patreon that is uh, driving, I think, $13,000 a month right now. Um, so how much of what you're doing is intentional for the business side of this and how much of it is your art?
0: Yeah. Well, Andrew and I um, from the very beginning have kind of been on the same page that A, we're taking a long view with this and B, that the best way to to create a good business model and revenue and long term stability is to you know, figure out the details of that stuff later and to get uh, dedicated, engaged readers now. Dedicated, engaged readers can turn into revenue and turn into sustainable business in so many different ways if you're creative about it at all. Uh, especially, again, not just traffic. Because if you just have traffic and they don't care about the site, which is lots of sites, then you need to just kind of pillage your readers' lives with ads in their face or else like they're not going to really or sell sell stuff to them that they just want. But you're not going to get generosity from them or anything. But um, uh, in, in this case, you know, engage readers who care about the site. Who So, uh, so basically the answer is that almost nothing uh, of what we're doing has to do with intentionally trying to bring in revenue. It's all trying to do the highest quality, best stuff possible to just delight uh, the current readers. That is now – it used to be – at the beginning it was – the, the big mission was get, a, get people to notice this. Then once that happened, the mission since then has been, you know, st- I want it to stay fun for me and stay interesting and stay creative. But uh, the, the, the goal um, is just to always to delight the current readership. Um, and, uh,
2: and, and why are you successful with that when so many other people have failed? Because there's a lot of people that would have that same message.
0: Well, I think that there's a few things. One, I think, um, you know, I think it's from the podcast Startup, actually. Um, which is, you You know... Uh, Chris Saka. So- yeah, and you yeah. mentioned Chris Saka. Um, he, um, you know, I, I, I think it was him. I don't remember exactly, you know, what part of the Bible But they said, you know, what's your unfair advantage? Which is a great way to think about business. You know, what's your unfair advantage? It can be one of many, many things. So one unfair advantage that we had starting with But Why is this was a new blog where the writer could spend 60 hours a week writing blog posts. That's, I mean, how many... People can leave a job and then say, usually you're doing it on the side. You're doing it full-time, but you have a family. Um, or you just don't want to work that hard on it. But I was really gung-ho to work on it, and I had all this time, and I could be supported by the, the other business at least for a little while. Um, and so that's an unfair advantage. you know. I, and, and even if – Another company, a Buzzfeed, could support that. They could start paying writers to work, but that's not a great business model for their particular thing. That's not a you know that's not a great bang for their buck. To have they rather they would much rather have a little bit more volume or a lot more volume, but not. Um, uh, so for 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 us, we said let's not try to beat the Buzzfeeds, let's not try to out Buzzfeed them because that's not going to work. Um, let's do something that they're not even trying to do, and let's do it better than they even could because of you know what their business model is, which is try to just out quality everybody, which is something that we can do with no money and with no. Uh, no, no other person, you know, no other people, and that, you know, and and I had blogged for six years in my twenties, so I know how to blog. So we kind of that that was one of the things I think. I think if you know, I think if a, as someone who's a, has a has a is a good writer in one way or another, they have some kind of unique thing that some that people want, and they put sixty hours a week into it. I think they end up with readers, um, you know. So I I, I I don't know. I just think um, I don't think there's that many variables here, and I don't think there was that much. I just think it's kind of um, it's just that most people you know, don't really, really do that. So it's a matter of, you know, resources mixed with talent. Yeah, or someone is, you know, I had six years to find my voice and to to become kind of a unique voice. I think um, some people, if they're on ground zero, their voice is alternating more. They haven't quite found it yet. They're not quite clicking with readers yet. So I think sometimes it's it's tough because you want to both put out excellent stuff. But you also want to get your reps. So you don't want to be too much of a perfectionist because the one thing I wasn't a perfectionist about was the thing I thought was a hobby, which is why I, I wrote 300 blog posts. I didn't know, you know, whatever, your 10,000 hours. I did those 10,000 hours. And so, um, so yeah, I would say that uh, that it's, it's a combo of, you know, if someone who has found their voice and they know how to write a good blog post, at least for a certain, even if it's for 1% of people, and then they put all of their time and effort into it and they just, and I think it happened earlier than we expected but i think if i'd done it for a year it was we thought it was gonna yeah it was an inevitable thing
1: is there anything that you've thought about writing about that you just haven't been able to tackle because you don't have the time or it's just too difficult of a topic oh
0: my god well as far as i mean i have a list of hundreds of topics i'm dying to write about and there's like 10 that i just like can't i can't like i'm up at night like tossing and turnings i'm so anxious to write about it um what's top of your list um i haven't post then i want to well i want to write about abortion um not in like a political way but in, like a what's really going on here like let's let's just like look at actually like how a baby is made and let's like try to do some thought experience to, fig- to figure out like let's all put our political like pitchforks down just chill everyone and let's just actually think about it is when is this person a kid or a little a baby you know i think it's fascinating and i don't think we should all be so scared and like tends to talk about it. I'm not going to come at it with an agenda. I'm not going to even uh, express an opinion. I'm just going to present, you know, good arguments on both sides and let people like, so that's one I think is just super fun, but daunting. I want to like read a ton <laughs> about it first. Um, I really want to write about relativity, you know, quantum mechanics. I want to write about Bitcoin. I want to write, I have a, have a post about kind of relationships that I think is a, cre- a kind of creative angle on relationships that I've been thinking about uh, involving like 27 different, um, like there, I don't I, I won't get into it, but it's t- 27 different profiles for how two people can be, uh, in, a, in a relationship or friendship and talk about each one. So I just have a, you know, uh, you know, the last one was cryonics in the list. And I finally got that out there. Um, so I wish it didn't take me so long to do each one cause I'm anxious to do these. And, um, so, I, you know, I, part of me does want to just chill one notch on the length of these posts. And in,
2: in the process of coming up with this, you know, writing one of these posts, you probably come up with 10 more ideas.
0: Oh, yeah, all the time. The ideas so, is never the problem. It's yeah. me both. I still procrastinate all the time. So it's me both being productive enough. And it's just the matter of this not a big company with a lot of writers. It's just me. And there's um, uh, these posts take a long time.
1: So, so are you just constantly researching for the things on that list? And then you eventually hit a threshold where you're like, all right, I know enough about this to write about it now. Or is it just like... No, no. A list item, yeah, list, list item by list yeah, item. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll I'll pick one and then I'll dive into it. Um, and I usually know enough to know that it's probably a really good topic. Um, like you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I, so I, like everything I mentioned, I'm pretty sure will be. I mean, again, I, I'm actually I'm not pretty sure. I am sure because who's the audience? It's a bunch of me's. I I want I, want, I wish someone would send me that finished post. Without, I would love to not have to do it, but I, so so therefore I know that the readers a lot of them wish I, that someone would send it to them, so I can do that. So you harp
2: on the idea of original thinking, and you're in the process of, and you've released one episode, I think, of uh, you know a podcast of your own with Adam Grant, or at least an iteration of a podcast. But do you ever worry that you know the idea of um, your original thoughts being posted on this blog are going to influence the original thinking of your readers?
0: Um, I think that uh, I mean at least the goal is to influence people like me to, to uh, be more in touch with their actual original thoughts. So I feel like if someone is, um, I just, I think it's, enc- I, I, I hope at least it's encouraging people to trust their own original voice. And I think, um, and I think that, that, that the type of readers that read WaperWide tend to be Pretty, like, smart, thoughtful, independent thinker type people. So I think they're pretty close. Again, like, I think I'm pretty close, but I don't think I'm there either. So I kind of think that if someone who reads Way But Why happens to be, like, affected or influenced by something I say, it's probably because they're similar to me. And that's, a, like, an epiphany I had as I'm writing the post that they were on the verge of having themselves. I don't think I'm necessarily, you know, pulling people away from who they actually are too much because I just don't think that the type of readers who read Way But Why – are you can they're not that pullable away like they're not they're they're, I'm not going to be able to convince them of something they don't that's the deep down in their authentic place they don't believe in it's more that they, it's when it resonates with something that they do believe in and then they then that kind of can like you know uh, change their mind about something that they hadn't been consciously thinking about hard enough i think that's more the thing which is part of the joy of writing for really really smart people yeah is that it's there's a lot of sites out there they're writing for not smart people they're writing for people who or, or you know people who are who will say you know there's it's, it's cultish they're you know uh, they they're saying you know basically saying this is the way of life and and th- then that writer should be super confident about should be oh you know uh, should be writing like uh, an authority and telling people you know this is what you need to do this is wayboy is like the opposite of that it's me writing as one of the readers and trying to figure stuff out with readers who i think are just as intelligent and thoughtful as i am but they didn't just spend 60 hours thinking about this topic <laughs> and i did so i can kind of bring them to where i am that's at least the model that's the idea yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I think we're at the point in the show where, um, you know, we ask our guests to discuss a story that, you know, they've kind of struggled with in the past. Um, you know, the, the show is Writers You Don't Write, and it's not necessarily a story that you didn't write, but a story that you kind of had a lot of second thoughts about or, you know, something that you weren't entirely sure that you should write or that you were correct in writing. Oftentimes um, it's a
1: story that people have tried to tell and have found themselves struggling halfway through thinking – I'm not equipped to tell this right now. Do you have an experience like that you could share with us? Yeah.
0: Yeah. One comes to mind. Um, And uh, so it's a little along the lines of what I was just saying um, about how uh, I'm trying to – that I'm never trying to be an authority to readers because, again, I'm trying to attract readers that are – equals to me. So who am I to be an authority over them? It's 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 just doesn't it's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm not qualified to be an authority over people that are just as smart and thoughtful as I am. Um so the so the post the kind of post that I would be really that I have been very reluctant to do is uh it's it's either a post, you know usually I try to write either a post that's um that is something I struggle with. So then I'm like, yeah, I'm an authority on what it feels like to be this because I've done that. So that feels fine. And, I, and I'm talking to probably other people who are also equal authorities on what it feels like. Um, or I'm writing about a topic that is like like um, artificial intelligence where I'm definitely not an authority on it. And but, but what I can do after three weeks of research, I can know way, way, way more than all my readers. And so therefore I can – I can go from step 1 to step 5 and bring them to step 5. But an authority is on step 8 or 10. I mean, we're not trying to even be there. It's just like let's get let's all get to step 5 together. How fun is that? So that's fine. Um and or I'll make fun of something and it'll be a little bit lighter. But a serious post where I'm trying to kind of um present um, a almost like a philosophical framework for uh for kind of spiritual growth, that is something that um I typically do not feel ready to do yet. I don't think I'm wise enough to, uh, to write the post that I think is, is good enough in that kind of topic. Um, uh, and but – I, but I did, uh, after a bunch of wait but why posts, decide that I was ready to, to take a crack at it. Um, and so, um, you know, this was a story that I, I don't think I was ready to, to – I don't think I was ready to tell the story – or, uh, you know, certainly on a blog, because I don't think I really understood the story myself yet. And I think writing Wait But Why, which is a huge therapy session for me, and, and, a, and a learning session, exploration session, helped me start to, to, to discover this stuff about my own situation, which then, I think, allowed me to, um, to feel ready to kind of say, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to at least, I've come a long way, or at least I can write um, about what I've, you know, what I've figured out along the way. So um that's uh that that turned into a post it was actually a two post part about religion that wasn't intended to be anything other than my co- kind of commentary on religion and the difference between religion and spirituality and um and i wrote part 1 or i i wrote what was supposed to be the post and as i was supposed to be a one post and as i'm writing it i started to realize that i had a lot more to say and that all of this stuff i'd been writing about why you shouldn't care what other people think of you so much um why we procrastinate, um, uh, all this stuff about being an original, all this stuff I'd written about it, it it was it was hitting me that these were all one part of one major topic that was um, one major topic that was a uh, that that I re- I kind of realized was um, my burgeoning philosophy about cr- uh, spiritual growth. And I said, okay, well, I'm gonna get into it then. I'm gonna like I'm gonna I realized it was like almost like the unifying theory of all those posts, and I kind of it kind of hit me in the middle of that, and so, um, I decided to stop. I, I wrote, I stopped the post, you know, before I got to all that stuff and cut it off as as part one, so that in part two, which I then you know called religion for the non-religious, I could really 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 dig in to this idea, and um, I think I had been you know trying to get to that. Idea through a bunch of these other posts, but I've been telling only one little side of that story. In each one of these, I've been telling one little side of the same story, and then I finally think I, you know, was ready to kind of try to pull it all together. So the, the what I came to was that, you know, I grew up as an atheist. Um, I wasn't necessarily raised as an atheist, but I wasn't raised religious either. I wasn't, you know, no one told me to be an atheist or said there's no God. But um, um, I, I very quickly came to that on my own, and. Um, and atheism, I think, uh, it, when first, someone first gets there, I think can be uh, come from a very arrogant place of, oh, all those things are wrong, all those religions are not true. I don't, I don't get why people believe them, and uh, I definitely don't. And there we go. And I, I figured it all out. And um, what? started to hit me as I, you know, when you graduate college, you're, you know, at the most, like, you're at the peak of your arrogance. You think you know. You think you have it all figured out. And, of course, you're 21. You're 22. That's giving no credit to your 30-year-old self, your 40-year-old self, your 50-year-old self. It's assuming that you know as much or more than as as those people will. And if you actually thought about that for a second, you you'd say, well, no. I mean, I hope 40-year-old me knows more than I do, in which case you'd say, oh, that means I have a lot more to learn. Oh, that means I should, like, be more humble about what I know now. People don't go through that thought process. They think, oh, well, you know. They even look at 30, and 40 year forty-year-olds and say, "Oh, old people—they don't know anything." You know, they, it's this arrogance that you come out of college with, or just—you know, some, not everyone, but I definitely did, and I know a lot of people who did. And it's it's comical when you look at when you look back on it, you know, about how much you didn't know. Um, and so, um, I finished. Uh, so, so, so I, I, I as I kind of went through my twenties and started to get humbled by the world in my life, which is what happens to everyone. Um, I, I I started to realize that being an atheist isn't a religious, is, sorry, isn't a spiritual, isn't a framework for growth, for personal growth any more than I don't like rollerblading is a workout plan. Like that's, it's okay. You don't like rollerblading now, but what what are you going to do? And what I was saying as an atheist is I don't like rollerblading. And so I, that's it. I'm not exercising though. I mean, it's a, well, no, you still, you still should exercise. And so that, that was the the kind of an epiphany I started to have that I'm on I'm still at a blank slate here so just because I've rejected these kind of templates for growth that religion provide that a lot of people subscribe to and they're one way or another um okay fine I've rejected those now what is my plan and I and I kind of it was so arrogant I didn't think I needed a plan and now I'm realizing that um it's like uh it's that you know you should always be trying to improve and always be but but it's it's like anything if I'm trying to grow my business and I'm just saying yeah I just want to grow it I just want to work hard and grow it and then, the second, and then another business owner says, I'm going to grow my business, so let me analyze it. Let me come up with a plan. Let me try it. Let me assess that plan as I go. Let me actually have the metrics and look at how it's going. That person's going to do way better. So I realized I was being the first business owner. I was assuming that growth kind of happens to you and whatever. And who needs it anyway? I'm fine. I already know everything. And I started to realize, oh, no, I'm not fine. I have so much to learn. And I'll, I'll learn 1% of what I could learn in my life. So, I'll let me, but, I, I, but I can try to make that 3% if I work hard. And I need to have some kind of measuring stick. So I can even just figure out what I'm trying to even do and then how it's going. And that's a model for spiritual growth Um, and for, you know, human evolution that I don't think we think that hard enough about needing if we're an atheist, because we think, uh, you know, we think that that's our religion, but it's not anything. We think I don't need a religion, but okay, you don't you don't like religions. That doesn't mean you don't need a spiritual framework. Um, So um, putting all these thoughts, these scattered thoughts from these various blog posts together kind of Made me realize that it's, for me it's about wisdom. It's about the goal is to be wiser. Not, not you, know, you know, it's like I see all these grown-ups older than me uh, who are, I think, less wise than I am. And I see younger people who I sometimes think are more wise. And I don't think that that wisdom, after a certain age, I don't think it correlates to age. People, the kind of person who's arrogant and thinks, I don't need to grow, and they're not, they're not working on it, when they're 55, they're not going to really be that much wiser than they are when they're 20. Yeah, experience rebuilds some wisdom. But it builds it in a very passive way. Um, you wait for growth to happen to you. And so I kind of, you know, I I, I started to try to figure out, you know, what makes someone wise? Um and uh, you know, it's just different than being smart. Um, you know, being being wise to me is someone who sees reality for what it is. They see the, they see so they see things clearly. And so, you know, an example is you know, if I see someone in a in a having a, they're they're being really petty, or they're I use the example of like you're at a cashier and the cashier is kind of rude, and I see someone being or I'm being. Um, and you're rude back and you're getting like an altercation with them. That's not a very wise thing to do because, uh, it doesn't make sense. If you took a big step back, um, it doesn't accomplish anything, but also you're getting mad. You're letting it get to you. What are you letting get to you? You're letting get to you the fact that this cashier is being a dick to you. Now, well, why is that happening? Uh, did, did they hate you? They don't even know who you are. You're a stranger. They're being a dick to a stranger that ha- you happen to be in the stranger's spot in that moment. Um, it has nothing to do with you. Um, and and even if they are a dick, you know, it still has nothing to do with you. But there's a good chance that that their mom is sick and they're in a horrible mood. There's a good chance that they're, that, that they that they're, you know, having, you know, uh that they hate their job and they really, really have a lot of regrets or they had a bad childhood and they never had an opportunity to do... You know, you have no idea when you start thinking about it for a second, you take a step back and you start to see the reality in three dimensions, not just all the things that could be, but all the... You have no idea. The point is, you don't even know. You don't... There's so much information that is leading to that, that person acting that way. You don't know any of it. And so to, to make all these assumptions, this person's being mean to me, how dare they? It's just like that, that is to me uh, someone who is at that moment... Not, they're, not, they're not a wise person but in that moment they are acting extremely not wise and it's an example and I think that um that 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 someone who's looking at the reality they would the last thing they're gonna do is they, they, they should see symp- sympathy either that person is in a bad life situation that's sad for anyone everyone's just trying to be happy or they're a, they're a nasty person okay then that's <clears throat> um, <coughs> you know or so or they're a nasty person and then a um. And then it's kind of like you're not going to see a nasty person on the subway and walk over and be like, hey, I, I, you know, I, you know, fuck you. What, you're not gonna... So the fact that it's happening to you is just is not real. So anyway, I think life is full of things like that. Uh, and this, of course, that's a small example. But it goes for the way you raise your kids. It goes for the way you treat your friends. Someone who's out with a friend and they're talking about themselves the whole time. They're not asking any questions. They're not being very wise because if they thought about it for a second – um, they'd realize that they'd, they'd realize what they were doing. They'd realize how it seemed to the other person. They would realize what kind of friendship that is that they have now. It's this, and they they would they would want to change if they were being wiser. So I think you know wisdom, which is you know, it comes from seeing the full story, and and uh, is is my goal to be more wise. You're never going to be totally wise. It's impossible. We're animals. We're biological animals full of chemicals that make us petty and jealous and and insecure and. And, you know, short sighted and scared and all that. So we're always going to have uh, a, a level of, 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 you know, childishness about us. But so that that was the idea. And it's not perfect. And I'm sure it'll evolve. But but for me, it's still even that was not me saying I know the answers. It was me saying, I think I know the goal and I think I know a good measuring stick to work with here. Um, And that was something that I don't think I had put together in my head before Way But Why, and I don't think I would have – I would have felt comfortable even publishing that early. But I think writing those other posts and having good feedback from them and realizing that, okay, these are resonating with people and these people, you know, aren't rolling their eyes if I'm talking about this kind of stuff has encouraged me like – incredibly supportive readers in general in the comments and in emails is a large part of what encouraged me to kind of say, it's okay, I can do this stuff. I can think about this kind of stuff and they're going to be fine with that. They're they're okay with me, you know, doing this stuff. They're not going to roll their eyes. And so I think that, that, that it's a combo of me having to go through all this self-therapy and self-analysis throughout these posts and human psychology analysis and this incredibly warm supportive readership that has kind of pushed me to keep going in this direction uh, allowed me to kind of tell that story. And to me still, that's still kind of the thesis of wait, but why that's kind of the thesis of my life. If I had to have one, um, is this aim towards being more conscious more of the time. Um, so yeah, I think that that would kind of sum up the, the ongoing story that I've been struggling. I'm still struggling to tell cause I'm, I'm five years. It'll be in a different place than it is now, but at least I'm trying to tell the story now, which I don't think I used to.
2: Tim, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Where can we find you online?
0: Uh, waitbuttwide.com is, uh, where I live, and I think that people who are into it, you know, subscribing by Facebook and Twitter is great, uh, if that's their thing, but I would say the best way, the way that we try, the thing we try to convince people to do is to sign up for the email list, because it's just a way we know, you know, Facebook changes their rules and their algorithms, mm-hmm. and Twitter, you miss it, and email us some way, you know, we, we know we can reach you, and we know that, um, uh... You know, even if it disappear for a while uh, and Facebooks pay, you know starts penalizing our page, you know, we can still reach you on email. So we always encourage people to do that.
1: So there's actually about 30 to 45 minutes that we did cut from this episode just to keep it under an hour just for time. But if you do want to hear it, reach out and let us know uh, and maybe we'll make something out of it
2: we want to thank everybody for sticking with us for two plus hours of, of Tim. Wait, but why we hope you love it as much as we do. And you know, we actually learned a lot uh, from speaking to Tim. So thank you so much, Tim. Uh, and thank you to his assistant, Alicia, who was instrumental in making this happen. Uh, we can, you can find him online at waitbutwhy.com. Uh, he recommends subscribing to the newsletter so that you don't miss anything. And you can also find us uh, on Tiny Letter at tinyletter.com slash WWDW podcast. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and at WWDWpodcast.com. Uh, a lot of you may have discovered this episode um, from Tim or Wait but Why's Twitter feed. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And thank you to Ryan Dan of Holland Patent Public Library for providing the music at the top and the bottom of the episode. You can find him online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. And we'll see you all next week.